Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter, bringing you this Falcons vs. Saints Week 15 game preview. We were in the works to have uh, former Saints wide receiver Terrence Copper on today's show. Unfortunately, uh, Terrence had something come up, so he had to bow out, but we will definitely try to get Terrence back on at some point. I appreciate him making the effort to try to make this work. Uh, I know it's a busy time of the year for people with travel and the holidays and everything else, so totally understand. So uh, it's just going to be me once again today. Thankfully, since the Falcons play the Saints frequently, I actually have a pretty good idea of the Saints roster and can obviously give some insight there. I'm not going to be as good as having someone who covers the Saints on a full-time basis, but uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get through this and, you know, of course I'll have to throw some pro Falcon spin on things since I'm a Falcons fan to really, you know, dig into these Saints players. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, let's get right to it, guys. Uh, starting off with the injury report. We do have two days of reports um, since I delayed recording the show. This is getting recorded on Friday, and it's going to go up shortly after. So I don't have Friday's final report, but I do have Wednesday and Thursday. And the players to really watch for the Saints in terms of guys that are likely to miss the game would be uh, linebacker edge defender Zach Bond, who did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, so his status seems to be in significant doubt. Also, reserve running back Dwayne Washington has missed two practices with an illness, so we'll see... Uh, what happens there. Also, safety slash corner PJ Williams has missed Wednesday and Thursday's practice with a knee injury, so his status definitely seems to be in doubt. Quite a few um, players limited for New Orleans. Uh, Jawan Johnson, their uh, tight end, wide receiver convert, he's been limited both days with an ankle injury. Same with defensive end Cameron Jordan and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, It's believed that Lattimore will return for this game after missing uh, a few weeks, I believe. So we will see uh, how that goes. But those are some names to certainly keep an eye on going forward. Um, Some other guys to monitor. We have, excuse me, uh, Will Lutz, who missed practice on Wednesday, the kicker with an illness, but he was back to full on Thursday, so he seems like he's probably going to be back on the field. Tight end Adam Troutman uh, was limited both days with an ankle injury. Same thing with edge rusher Peyton Turner and linebacker Pete Werner. Um, So if any of those guys who've been limited happen to miss the game, a lot of those are serious contributors, especially Pete Werner. Um, 
so that's definitely something to to monitor. You know, Cam Jordan doesn't miss a lot of games, and it sounds like Marshall Nettemore is trending towards playing, but these guys aren't likely to be at full strength, so definitely a number of players in question for the Saints in this game that could be significant contributors or significant losses if they happen to miss this one. The Falcons injury report's much simpler. It does seem like Chuma Idoga, who started a game at left guard, is not quite ready to return. He missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury, so he's, it seems likely that he will be out. Uh, Cordero Patterson didn't participate on Thursday, but that is an NIR designation, so not injury-related, just a rest day. And then Kaderil Hodge popped up on the report on Thursday with an illness and mispractice. We'll see how he progresses on Friday to see if he, if his status is in question. But at this point, I wouldn't be too concerned. We'll see how that goes. Um, the Falcons did activate Elijah Wilkinson back to the active roster, and he has been practicing in full every day. Uh, so it sounds like Wilkinson will finally make his return to the starting lineup at left guard. Uh, and the team also designated Matt Hennessy to return off of IR. Um, they would have to make a decision on officially acting, activating him probably by Saturday for him to have a chance to play. Uh, it sounds like he's been on the practice field, but since he's not on the active roster, we don't have a participation report there. Uh, but the Falcons, you know, can, not counting the guys that are already out, you know, like <laughs> Kyle Pitts, for instance, um, that those are our major losses. But at this point, it does seem like the Falcons are, are in pretty good shape with the players that are currently active on the roster for this week's game. And we'll hope that that continues. Um, it does sound like since he hasn't been on the injury report that edge rusher Arnold Ebicady will be making his return, which is big, as well as defensive tackle Jalen Dalton, who is a, a very key contributor in the rotation right now with how thin the Falcons defensive line is. So Falcons seem to be getting healthier as the saints are still dealing with quite a few injuries. So that could be a factor in this game. Um, for those that don't remember, this was a very good game. If you're a saints fan, a very frustrating game. If you were a Falcons fan in week one, where the Falcons basically dominated the saints for three full quarters before, uh, new Orleans pulled off uh, a comeback that was just all too familiar to Falcons fans. Um, these two teams do look a lot different since then, obviously. The Saints have gone away from Jameis Winston, who ended up getting hurt, uh, but apparently has been benched in favor of Andy Dalton at this point because he's no longer on the injury report. Uh, the Saints have lost Michael Thomas for the season. The Saints have lost, I believe, Mark Ingram to injured reserve, so the, the running back room is a lot thinner. Um they're missing their top receiver. Marshawn Lattimore has missed time. Apparently he will be back, but you know, how healthy is he? Uh, whereas the Falcons are down Kyle Pitts and they've made the change at quarterback to Desmond Ritter. So again, a very different look for these teams. Uh, we mentioned after week one's game that the Falcons had basically uh, done a really good job moving the ball against this New Orleans team who in the past has been very good at defending the run. Um, and that that trend has more or less stayed pretty consistent here with the Saints basically continuing to struggle against the ground game. They've been pretty solid uh, against the pass as a whole. But at this point, the Saints, not an elite defense this year. They're only 17th in points allowed. Uh, and in terms of yardage, they've been better. Uh, at 11th but still this is a far cry from the elite defenses of years past and then on offense they've just been really struggling um they're they're pretty mediocre to to below average offense 21st in points scored just 16th in yardage so at this point uh 
not a great not a great Saints team. This is one of their their weakest teams in, in recent years. That they're four and nine, obviously, um, and are just coming off an absolute. Uh, they were, you know, in San Francisco, shut them out zero to thirteen. They lost a a nail biter to the Buccaneers in Week thirteen. So the Saints almost certainly eliminated from playoff contention at this point at four and nine. It would require basically an entire implosion from the Bucks and uh, a basically winning out by the Saints. Uh, for them to have a chance because the Bucks do have the head-to-head tiebreaker. They've swept the Saints. But the Saints are always going to show up to play the Falcons. I have no doubt that they're going to be fired up and playing hard in this game, regardless of the fact that they're more or less eliminated from playoff contention. Um, and the Falcons got to be ready for that. But the Falcons apparently are pretty jazzed up as well because there has been a quarterback change to Desmond Ritter. There, All the reports have said that there's a lot of energy in the building for that change. And does that translate to anything on the field? We'll see, right? Uh, we'll see how that goes. But at this point, um, let's get started with the matchups. Uh, first of all, looking at the Falcons passing attack versus the Saints pass defense. And again, the stats that we're going off of the PFF grades and all that stuff are based on this offense with Marcus Mariota. So it, it's, you know, it, it could be very different under Desmond Ritter. It could be very similar uh, could be better, could be worse. Don't really know, but the data we have to go off of says that the Falcons are not a particularly good pass game. Um, they are 31st in passing attempts and 31st in yardage. Uh, in terms of net yards per attempt, they were actually 15th, so fairly average on a, on a yards per attempt basis. But they just don't. They didn't throw the ball very much, and they and they didn't exactly light it up when they did. Um, <clears throat> At this point, the passing game can only go up, I think. Um, Desmond Ritter, I think, is probably going to offer them more passing ability in general. But at this point, you know, we'll see We'll see how the team handles it. We'll see how things are managed and, and how Ritter looks. But at this point, the Saints are a pretty good pass defense. That has been the one part of that defense that has continued to play well uh, this offseason when everything else has sort of been falling apart. Uh, New Orleans right now is very well ranked in the passing game, um, 10th in yardage allowed, 9th in net yards per attempt allowed, uh, so pretty good there. The one place that they've struggled is they really haven't gotten their hands on a lot of picks at all. They have just three picks on the season, which is 32nd in the NFL. It's last uh, for those that that you know forget that there's 32 teams, and that's a surprising thing. Um, I think that's probably a product of bad luck more than anything, but they just haven't been an opportunistic secondary, and um, hopefully that will continue against Desmond Ritter in his first start because, you know, he's a rookie making his first start in the NFL, probably going to put some balls up for grabs, probably going to take some shots. Um, so if the Saints could continue their bad luck and, and creating turnovers through the air, that would probably be good for the Falcons on balance. Um, but it's interesting because the Saints do have a lot of names in that secondary with Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo at quarterback, at cornerback, um, Bradley Roby. Chris Harris Jr., you know, if you looked at 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 this group with Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr. and Marshawn Lattimore a few years ago, you would have said, wow, that's an, that's an elite secondary. These are some great players. Uh, according to PFF, they've all struggled quite a bit this year, including um, second-year corner Paulson Adebo and rookie Alante Taylor. I think the eye test shows that they've probably played a little bit better than their PFF grades. They're all in the 40s except for... Uh, Lattimore, who's got a 52, uh, which is not much better, but um, this is a secondary that has really not played up to their talents, but have managed to keep things 
in check in terms of the yardage. Um, so the Falcons are going to have some difficult matchups on the outside. Uh, Lattimore obviously is probably going to, if he's healthy and playing, he's probably going to be matched up on London for most of the game. So it's going to be up to guys like Demir Bird and Alameda Zacchaeus to take advantage of those matchups. We'll have to monitor the status of Kadero Hodge as well. Um, and with tight ends in the passing game, the Saints do have very good coverage linebackers. Pete Werner, Demario Davis, and and uh, Caden Ellis have all played well there. The safeties have, have played well. Marcus May been more average, but Tyron Matthew has sort of come on late in the season. Um, and then, of course, that Saints pass rush. Uh, they have some very talented edge rushers with Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport um, out there doing a good job. Uh, the interior is where the Saints have, have lost a lot of bodies and, and just not been up to their usual strength. Um, they still have David Onyemata, who's who's having a solid season. But other than him, uh, it's pretty dire there. And I think they've basically taken to putting Davenport on the inside a lot to try to juice up the pass rush, you know, Peyton Turner as well, um, to some mixed results there. Uh, but that's p- part of the reason why the run defense is struggling. We'll cover that when we get to that matchup here in just a second. Um, but the Falcons have really improved their pass protection on the outside as well. Jake Matthews uh, having a good year. Caleb McGarry having a career year. And and pass protection has really come on over the past few weeks. Uh, the Falcons do have a, an elite right guard in Chris Lindstrom, who's currently the number one guard, according to PFF. Uh, the weak spot there is probably at center with Drew Dahlman, but even he has started to have a couple more good games as of late. And then with Elijah Wilkinson coming back, you hope he's able to stabilize that pass protection and keep the run game humming. Um, so that's the hope there. I, I think on the whole, statistically speaking, the Saints certainly do have the advantage. They've played very well against the pass. I do think there are some matchups to be taken advantage of, and, and they've given up plays, but this is a good pass defense. I don't expect the Falcons to have a great game through the air, but we'll see what they do. You know, um, I, I think considering the weaknesses of this defense being against the run, the Falcons can probably get some pretty good looks for Desmond Ritter in the passing game, uh, some one-on-one matchups and watching his college film, you should know that he's really willing to test those one-on-one matchups and to really chuck it out there and, and try to get those chunk plays. So we'll see how this shakes out. With Desmond Ritter being sort of a question mark, it's hard to say. But I think statistically on paper, the Saints probably have the advantage in the passing game on defense. Um, the run game is a different story. The Falcons are one of the NFL's best rushing attacks this year. Uh, complete turnaround from last year where they were one of the worst. It's held up all season long. The Falcons are fourth in rushing yardage with over 2,000 yards on the season. I'd have to go back uh, to see when the last time the Falcons rushed for over 2,000 yards was. Uh, I don't know if it was the Michael Turner days. Maybe maybe some of the Shanahan years they, they managed it. But um, really impressive for this Falcons offense to get there at this point. Um, they've averaged 4.9 yards per carry, which is fifth tremendous. Uh, and they've shown no signs of slowing down at this point. So, um, that's an elite rushing attack for Atlanta, uh, going up against a run defense of the saints, which historically has been very good, but this year, this year below average, um, they have been 19th in yardage allowed and 20th in yards per attempt. Their current saints are currently allowing 4.5 yards per attempt on the ground. Uh, so this has been a vulnerable run defense, and part of the reason for that, like I said, is that this, where the Saints have really lost a lot of players over the years with their cap struggles is on the defensive interior. Shy Tuttle uh, has had some good games and some bad. Uh, on the whole, PFF doesn't really like his season, 
And the other guys, the other true defensive tackles they have in there just aren't getting it done. Um, Anyamata's still playing well, of course, but Contavious Street, Malcolm Roach, uh, these guys, they're just not getting it done uh, against the run or against the pass. So that's a vulnerable interior where there's not a lot of good depth. Uh, the Saints are really relying on some of their edge rushers to play on the interior to get pass rushing juice. So some potential vulnerabilities there for the Falcons to exploit in the run game. I think this is a clear advantage for the Falcons. And I look, it's, it's Ritter's first start. I know we want to see him light it up and play great, but I think the best thing to do is to lean on that run game more and take shots off of it when you get those positive looks. And I think the Falcons rushing attack should be able to take advantage of a below average run defense of the Saints and lean on that as much as possible in this, in this game. So definitely a big uh, check for the Falcons as an advantage in the run game. On the defensive side, uh, this one is is a little bit more complicated, right? Uh, the Falcons haven't been particularly good uh, on defense this year, but they have had a run of, of games where they've kept their opponents' offenses more or less in check. Um, going back to Week 9 against the Chargers, the Falcons... Uh, have allowed 20 points, 25 points, 24 points, 19 points, and 19 points. Now, they haven't exactly played a murderer's row of offenses during that span, you know, Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, but in years past, this team would allow points and yardage and, and everything to every team they played. It didn't matter if it was a rookie quarterback or a backup or whoever. They have tightened up their uh, recently, and I'm hoping that continues against the Saints, who are not a good offense this year. Uh, New Orleans 21st in points scored, like I said, 16th in yardage. Um, the Saints have just not been very good moving the ball. They, they've struggled uh, to score, especially over that same period that I mentioned. Um, starting in Week 9, the Saints have scored more than 16 points just once, and they've also been shut out in that time span. Uh, they did manage 27 points in their lone win over the past five games against the Los Angeles Rams, but that's it. Uh, they, otherwise, it's been 13 points, 10 points, um, zero points against the 49ers, and 16 against the Bucks. So this is not an offense that's been playing particularly well, um, and part of that has to do with offensive line injuries. Part of that has to do with wide receiver injuries. They're having to shuffle a lot of players there. Part of that has to do with Andy Dalton being a little bit of an enigma. PFF absolutely loves Dalton, which is just bizarre to me. They have him as the sixth best quarterback in the NFL this year with an 87.0 grade. And we have Saints fans clamoring for him to be benched because of how he's playing. So that doesn't pass the smell test to me. I don't think Andy Dalton's had a particularly good year. Uh, I'm sort of surprised with how much PFF likes it, but you guys know my opinion on PFF grades there. Take them always with a grain of salt, always. Um, but on the whole... Uh, the Saints pass passing offense versus the Falcons pass defense. Well, it's sort of a, a weakness on weakness thing. I think overall the Saints have actually been better in the passing game than the run game. Uh, they're currently 11th in yardage and uh, eighth in net yards per attempt. So a, a solid to good passing game above average according to those metrics. Um, the Falcons on the, by the same token right have been one of the NFL's worst pass defenses. They're 27th in yardage and 29th in net yards per attempt. So they've been one of the worst. So the Saints are definitely going to have an advantage throwing the ball against this Falcons pass defense. Like I said, Atlanta has been better against the pass um, over the past few games. Uh, like, Im impressively so. And again, some of that has to do with the offenses they're playing. But since the Chargers game, which they allowed 245 yards in, they haven't allowed more than 200 yards through the air in any game over the past 
five weeks, other than that Chargers game in week nine. Um, 101 yards to the Panthers, uh, 128 passing yards to the Bears, 138 to the Commanders, and just 197 to the Steelers. Now, again, the competition level certainly lower there, but it's meaningful. The Falcons have been playing better as of late, and the Saints offense has been playing worse. So we'll see how that shakes out and, and who's firing on all cylinders. Does the defensive improvement carry over for the Falcons? Can the Saints break out of this funk offensively um, in the passing game? We'll see, but... I think the Saints have been getting some good things from um, Rashid Shahid, who who was looking good in that primetime game a couple weeks ago. So he's someone to watch there. Chris Alave, the most productive uh, rookie wide receiver. He's a threat. He, he's someone to pay attention to. Jarvis Landry seems like he's finally back in the lineup for them. At tight end, they have Adam Troutman and Jawan Johnson, who have been playing decently well. Um, the vulnerabilities come on the offensive line, where Calvin Throckmorton at left at right guard has been one of the worst offensive linemen in the league with just a 33.9 grade this year. Um, that's real tough, <laughs> right? Not good at all. Um, and Cesar Ruiz at center. Uh, it seems like it'll still be Ruiz at center. Eric McCoy was designated to return off IR, but... I'm not sure if he'll be ready to go for this week. He was just designated to return a couple days ago. Uh, Andrus Pete at left guard, huge contract, not playing up to it, 50 PFF grade. Um, however, they have gotten pretty good play out of James Hurst, who took over at left tackle for Teron Armstead. He's having a solid year, particularly as a pass blocker. Um, and Ryan Ramchick, of course, uh, at right tackle, is one of the best rack tackles in the NFL every single year. He's still playing at a very high level. Um the Falcons' pass rush has not been good, uh, so, you know, will they take advantage of this? The, the the favorable matchups seem to be on the interior where the Falcons don't really have the horses, right? They have Grady Jarrett, and I'm sure he's going to wreak havoc in this game. He always seems to play well against the Saints, but outside of Jarrett, they've lost a lot of guys. You know, maybe this could be a Jalen Dalton revenge game, right? Former Saint. Um, so we'll see. Um, Arnold Ebicady coming back, that could be big potentially for this pass rush. We'll see. Um, but the Falcons secondary definitely getting healthier. AJ Terrell's back and really playing at a high level since he's returned from that injury. Darren Hall's been solid on the other side. Um, and, you know, we will see uh, how, how the Falcons manage this. Isaiah Oliver, good run defender, hasn't been as good in pass coverage, but not bad. You know, uh, it, it, the secondary has gotten healthier. Richie Grant's having a good year. Jalen Hawkins is there as well. Um, so it's really, can the Falcons pressure Dalton? Because I think that's what, that's how you really affect the Saints offense. They did a good job of it in week one, right? I think they had four sacks against the Saints in week one. Um, so we'll see if they can that, dial up that magic once again for this, for this matchup. But uh, on paper, at least you'd think the Saints have the advantage statistically, but in terms of the context of they've had a down slump over the past few games, and the Falcons have been on an upward trend, maybe a little bit more evenly matched than we think, but you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, now, against the Saints' rushing attack, uh, that has been a part of the Saints that has sometimes been very good. But this year, not so much. Uh, New Orleans, 21st in rushing yardage, 19th in yards per attempt, just 4.4 yards per carry. Um, they have struggled on the ground, particularly, like I said, over this last stretch. Uh, they have not crested 100 rushing yards since week eight. Um, they did have a couple of very good rushing games earlier in the season, like weeks five and six. But since then, um, not much on the ground. Uh, 48 yards in week nine, 29 rushing yards in week 10 against the Steelers. Pretty, that's that's bad. 
88 rushing yards against the Rams, 63 against the 49ers, and just 66 against the Bucks. So this has been a part of the the Saints' uh, offense that has really struggled this year, even with Alvin Kamara in there. Um, and the Falcons have actually been solid against the run. If you look at the raw yardage, they're 25th, but they've also faced the 27th most rushing attempts. So looking at the efficiency stats, the Falcons are 14th in yards per carry allowed, just 4.4. Um, that's just slightly above average. So not bad. So I, I think the Falcons certainly probably have the advantage against the Saints there. Again, the offensive line for New Orleans hasn't been playing up to par. The Falcons have managed to get good run defense out of this group, even if the pass defense has been like a sieve a lot of the time. So um, I, I like the Falcons being able to bottle up the Saints run game. It's more about the passing and the short passing. And um, can the Falcons keep everything under check? That's a more open question. Um, so looking at this on the whole, uh, I think there are some matchups that are favorable to the Falcons, particularly Atlanta's offense running the ball. They, they do a great job of it. Um, and I think they're going to pound the Saints on the ground as much as possible. Um, New Orleans performed well against the Bucks and the 49ers, but before those two games in weeks 12 and 13, 148 yards to the Rams, who do not have a great rushing attack, um, 217 yards to the Steelers, uh, and 188 yards to the Ravens. So this is a vulnerable run defense. They've given up over 200 rushing yards twice already this season, once to the Falcons in week one. Um, I think this is a matchup the Falcons have to exploit and have to punish. And hopefully what that will do is allow the Falcons to pull those pull those safeties into the box to try to support the run. If you if there's one knock on guys, you know, like um guys like the, the New Orleans safeties, I'm drawing a blank here for a second. Um Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. Um, you know, Marcus May has been solid against the run. Um but, you know, I think Tyron Matthew one of the places he tends to struggle is against the run. So uh, I think this is, you want to pull these safeties into the box to try to stuff up the run game. And the Falcons have done a really good job at forcing teams to do that. What they haven't been able to do is take advantage of those one-on-ones that that creates when, when your opponent loads the box. Um, And hopefully Desmond Ritter can do that because if they can hit some deep shots off of that, uh, the play action can be really lethal and this offense can really get going. Um, I hope, Ritter's up to the task because that's been the one part of this offense that's really been lacking um, under Marcus Mariota. It was just their inability to hit those deep shots when defenses were giving them those favorable one-on-one looks. It wasn't the receivers, right? They were getting open. We saw Drake Lennon do it a bunch of times. We saw Pitts open a bunch of times. These guys just weren't getting hit with the football in a catchable area. So if Ritter can provide that, um, that might be the spark they need to to get this road upset. Um, However... You know, the Saints do have a a pretty good pass defense, statistically speaking, so it's not going to be easy to win those matchups. But I I think that there's hope there if the Falcons can can get that run game established to force the Saints to play the run, to focus on that. That may open up more favorable options for Ritter in the passing game. That's my hope there. On defense, the Falcons are going to have a tough time with the Saints passing game. It's, It's been good. Uh, it struggled lately, so if that you know if that trend continues, great. And if the Falcons can get pressure, even better. I I do suspect that this is going to end up being one of these classic Saints Falcons shootouts where both offenses struggled going into the game, but they turn it on <laughs> when they play each other. That's sort of where I I sort of foresee this one heading. 
Um, so it's really going to be up to the Falcons offense. Can they capitalize on the one-on-ones that they are, they should get in the passing game? Can they take advantage of a bad run defense? And on defense, can they shut down the Saints running game? And can they do enough to slow down the Saints offense in the passing game? Um, continue their streak of strong defensive performances after the bye. Um, health obviously could be a factor. We'll have to monitor the Saints report because quite a few guys are on that list that could really hurt their depth in particular, but also some starters. Whereas the Falcons are pretty healthy coming into this game in terms of the guys on the roster. So hope that could also translate into an advantage for Atlanta in this one. Um, right now, I, I'm going to pick the Falcons in this. This is the only time I think I've picked them where they've been significant underdogs this year. They're four-point underdogs right now. I do think that the Falcons will win by a field goal approximately. I, I could see this being like a 23-20 sort of game in favor of the Falcons. Um but I'm not confident in it. You know, I, I don't blame Saints fans for picking the Saints. They are favored. Uh, I, I think it's a reasonable take. There's nothing you know weird about that, in my opinion. So this is definitely one that could go either way. The Saints are favored because I think markets are suspicious of what Desmond Ritter will bring this team. And I, I don't blame them. We've never seen him play against a starting defense. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some hope. I'm going to feel confident here picking the Falcons to win this one in an upset. Um because I can't pick the Saints on this show. I already picked them once earlier in the year, and I told you that I was going to pick the Falcons for the road upset in Week 15, and we're sticking with that, guys. So that is my official pick for this game. Um, again, thanks to everyone for tuning into this Falcons versus Saints Week 15 game preview. Like I said, my name is Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. You can check out all my written content and a bunch of written content from our crew of very talented writers over at thefalcoholic.com. Please consider uh, liking and subscribing. If you're watching the show on YouTube, those really help us out. Uh, and if you're on podcast audio, please leave us a five-star review. Those really help us out as well. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Uh, that gives you access to ad-free versions of all the podcast episodes. They also are usually up early, usually the night before they come out on the uh, streams uh, because I don't have to put ads in them. <laughs> so that helps. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that, you know, if you've got early commute or, or you, you work at night and you want to get these episodes early, you can support us there. We are currently running our Senior Bowl fundraiser as well. And if you'd like to donate to that, you can do so at streamlabs.com slash alcoholic slash tip. You can also do it through Venmo by going to my Twitter account at Alcoholic Kevin. There's a link in there as well. Um, so guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Falcoholic podcast. Uh, we do really appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. Here's to a hopefully positive hate week part to enjoy your football Sunday. Enjoy the kickoff to your holiday week. Uh, and I will hopefully be back for a post game show on Sunday, assuming my travel is all settled before the game ends um, with flights and this crazy weather we're having up here in New York right now. I don't, I can't be a hundred percent sure of it, but hopefully we'll have a post game show. If it's not immediately following the game, it should be shortly after as soon as I can record it. So Again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Falcoholic Podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.